schedule's out, and I talked to an Instagram influencer, Craig Kilborn, on the Timberwolves on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. Here's the headline that you'll see from everybody covering schedule release with it dropping yesterday. And you know, here's here's a little fun fact. When an NBA insider is dropping your games before the official release from the NBA, that's how you know those are some interesting games, and that's what happened with the Minnesota ones earlier this week, which makes Craig Kilborn talking about the Timberwolves, talking about Rudy, extra prescient. Is something you should listen to. But the headline everybody's running with is Jazz are only on TNT one time this season, and it's against the Knicks in November. Here's the other headline that you have to see. I'm sure the NBA calculated it in how it's going to dole out national TV games. Roster isn't set yet. If you could tell me the starting center the Jazz are going to throw out their season opener at home against the Nuggets, cool. You're a soothsayer. You should be going door-to-door telling fortunes. But right now, I don't know who's going to be the starting center. What's the roster going to look like? So with that flux, the only bankable thing that I know is Rudy against his former team. And the first two instances of playing the Jazz, one's opening week. So it'll have to be a really quick adjustment to seeing Rudy in a Minnesota uniform. I can't wait for that game. Because I'm going to still be rooting on Rudy. I think you could gather that over the last couple of podcasts. I'm still going to be rooting for Rudy. He deserves it from what he developed into, from how he embraced the community. The simple fact that he's really good. And I love that he's getting an opportunity with a really good team. Hopefully he pushes them around further. Hopefully they get to a Western Conference Finals. I realize rooting for Rudy on the Wolves, it's not like rooting for the evil empire. This isn't England in the World Cup. This is rooting for the Lakers, the Yankees. This is very simple to have a second team in the Western Conference and it being Minnesota. So for that reason, see if we can convert some Wolves fans with Mr. Craig Kilborn, phenomenal Instagram, great aesthetic, one that I aspire to. But you may know Craig from his earlier work, The Daily Show, Late Late Show, ESPN. He's not your Vetus. He's not my Vetus. He's our Vetus. Mr. Craig Kilborn on the show. He's got a new podcast to promote. Craig Kilborn podcast, The Life Gorgeous. Find it on YouTube. Find it on wherever you get your pods. He's out there. And as you know, five stars, nice reviews, that's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to this podcast. We talked to Craig about KG stories, the jazz, his love of hoops, Caesar salads. Everywhere I thought this would go, it went. So please enjoy Craig Kilborn, who joined me from a mahogany panel den in his Instagram laboratory, because he's on Round Ball Roundup.
if they're getting blown out in all candor, I will turn the game off. It hurts my eyes and I'll follow on the computer. But the good news is for me, the Wolves are competitive now. It's been quite a drought, but we are, uh, we're, we're excited. So I watch all 82 games and, and I, it's, it's exhilarating. Well, it's a good broadcast with Jim Peterson. I don't know yep. if, if you know him. He's phenomenal on the call. He is. Uh, I used to play ball against him in summer league. He played high school ball in Minnesota. I played high school ball. I think he was a year ahead of me. But what I and I compliment him a lot. He, I think because he coached for the Minnesota Lynx, he'll break down some things and talk about different plays that they're running, different defenses that they're trying. But the thing he does, which I love, and I told him this, and he says he gets in trouble, is, Carl, what kind of shot is that? Carl, D'Angelo, what, what are you doing? Like, he, he, will, he will call out the players and say exactly what the frustration that I'm feeling while I'm watching the game. And he says sometimes the players rag on him for that. Well, I remember watching the road feed for the Jazz Wolves earlier this year. I think it was on New Year's Eve last season and he's complimenting Rudy Gobert. He yeah. is going deep into the opposing players. He doesn't just do Wolves. He does league-wide and he, you can tell he appreciates and knows the games of other players in the game. Yeah, he he played in the NBA and it it's kind of obvious. And um I think when you're when the team is bad for so long you you have to go beyond just talking about the home team and appreciate the great talent that's in the league. So he'll do that. And I applaud him for that. So how excited are you for Rudy Gobert in a Wolves year? I'm, I'm very excited. It, it, what people don't realize is small market teams are really hard to get talent up there. So free agents, they're going to go to the, you know, when, when, when Kyrie and James Harden, and, and Kevin Durant, they didn't say, should we go to Minnesota or should we go to Brooklyn? <laughs> you know, and it's the coldest market. And when, when Kevin Garnett was there, it was really hard to get free agents to come up there. We were fortunate. And I don't even remember how we got Spreewell and Cassell, if it was trades or what, but there were names of free agents and they wouldn't come up and play up there. So we have two number one picks, Anthony Edwards and Carl Towns. We traded a lot to get Rudy Gobert. We traded a lot to get D'Angelo Russell, who's a very mercurial wild card in the whole equation. But last year was probably my favorite year. I mean, 2004, when the Wolves won the Western Conference, they lost in six games to the Lakers. Sam Cassell was out. The Lakers lost to the Pistons in the finals. That was when Kevin Garnett was the league MVP. That was one of my favorite years, if not the favorite. And then last year, because of the drought, uh, we were just, uh, it was, it was really exciting. And on the, in the outside world, which is means outside of Minnesota, the national media, and maybe yourself. I don't know if you guys know about Chris Finch, the head coach, he's like the most respected guy in the organization. And sometimes it's comical where, Tim Connolly, the new president, will say, Finchie will figure it out. He'll figure it out. And we're all like, even Jim Peterson, in Finch we trust, is, is his motto. So we have a coach that everyone really likes, and he's supposed to be an offensive savant, runs these great offensive plays. But obviously, we improved our defense last year. And now with Rudy, I am 
really fired up to see how well we how well we play on D with Rudy. I mean, that guy and, and one of your local reporters tweeted when the trade happened, Minnesota, you don't know what you're getting. When you see Rudy day in and day out, the things that he does, you're 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 in for a real treat. You really are, because he's one of the only players in the league that can guard two people on a pick and roll. And that that's what the game has become a lot. Right. You you watch it. High screen and roll. Can your big defend two players that lob that the big rolls hard to the rim and can he defend on the perimeter? And just because he has one clip of Steph Curry, that's not what he is now. You watch the playoffs and he was going pretty toe to toe with Luca. It came down to the fact that other players around him weren't at the same level defensively by himself. He makes you a top five defense. That's what I'm Yeah. That's that's yeah. Why do you think Utah traded him? They're going in a different direction. The window closed. They realized that as you go for it with Mike Conley, you make that trade in 2019, you get Boyan Bogdanovich. It's a three-year window for you to win and compete in the West. Right. With other teams coming back up, Minnesota getting better, Kawhi coming back, Paul George with the Clippers, the window closed, and they have to go in a different direction. Yeah. I uh, I didn't know until the trade. I saw a press conference and I saw some people talking. Is it true that Utah had the best regular season record for like four straight years? Best record over four year period or span? I mean, During the regular season, they were it was them and the Bucks as the top oh, two wow. teams in wow. all of the league. That's amazing. And as you saw, not this last season, but the season before, through that seventy two game sample size, they were the best team in the entire league. And then Mike Conley goes down in the playoffs and yeah. the defense implodes against LA. And then you get to where you are right now. Yeah. I remember. So you obviously see the team all the time. Were you, were you surprised at the, the national media reaction to the Rudy trade? I mean, I get it. They Rudy's not a popular NBA Twitter person right personality it's a little bit of the foreign it's a little bit of some of the the all-star stuff he's not popular among nba players for whatever reason he doesn't come from a huge agency doesn't have these bonds through aau he's not like that and he's a little different you know he enjoys crystals he's uh, (laughs) a, a little bit to himself at times a little bit of a big kid right but He's a really good player on the basketball floor, and sometimes people don't want to give him that. Yeah. Well, I uh, it's funny because I on my podcast, um, the first episode I had Ryan Rosillo, who I thought went overboard criticizing the Wolves for the trade, and and he but he did say, which is all I wanted to hear. He said, obviously, it's a major improvement for any team who gets Rudy Gobert. <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. And he was jumping. He was jumping to the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is not always a given with the Timberwolves. <laughs> and I'm hoping that, again, putting pressure on Chris Finch, that in the playoffs he makes adjustments uh, because the playoffs are a different beast. I mean, the, we, we opened with the Memphis Grizzlies and they benched Steven Adams the, the, after game one because he couldn't guard Cat. So, uh, but, but I believe, I don't know if you know this nationally, but the Wolves – didn't think 
they could stand pat and and improve upon the seventh seed, which was the play-in game. And and they had because people were coming back, as you said, Kawhi, and, and they also had New Orleans has improved. And you assume the Lakers will be better somehow, some way, potentially. So they had to make a move. And they were talking to Clint, you know, about Clint Capella and Miles Turner. And I mean, Rudy, I I I can't believe it. Now, I thought the package was was excessive, but my joke is. I don't know if you heard this on the Brasillo podcast. Hey, Danny Ainge, how do you how do you make that trade and not get Jaden McDaniels? How do you sleep at night, Danny? I mean, because Jaden is very talented. Now we don't know how talented, but he's he's the guy we didn't want to give up. I think he sleeps with four first round picks and a pick swap. I think that's how he he falls right, asleep at night. Right, right, he'll be fine with that. But that point of getting better the regular season and improving. How many times has have the Wolves won 50 games oh. since 04? I mean, how much success playoff-wise has Minnesota had? They need this and this go-for-it move. It's good to see smaller markets, markets that aren't as glamorous as Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, put in chips and start to go after big players like Rudy Gobert. A lot of that is... Uh... The new ownership group, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, and they um, they've made some things happen. And uh, it wasn't just getting Rudy, which was huge. It was getting Tim Connolly. They 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 took him away from Denver, and he didn't want to leave Denver, but they made him an outrageous offer. I'm glad they re-signed. They they gave an extension to Chris Finch. The wild card is D'Lo, who they were going to trade, and then. Uh, and then after the Rudy trade, they realized that uh, this will help D'Lo. He's an entertaining player. I've analyzed him a lot. He, he's a better passer than I thought. I, I needed him traded, and then I pulled back and said, well, just tell me who the replacement is. Because right. I had guys tell me, well, Tyus Jones, local guy from Minnesota, plays on Memphis. He's a backup uh, for John Morant. He's a free agent, man. We could get him. And I said, he's not a starter. He's not a starter, in my opinion, in the NBA. He's a great player, very heady player, very smart. So D'Lo, this, is his, this could be his last year. His, uh, you know, his defense is a liability. He's worked on it. I just don't understand his shooting. He can pass well. He handles the ball well. He's crafty. He's not a great athlete. Very nifty, very crafty. He'll snake in the lane. I just wish he was more of a pure shooter. I just can't figure it out. So streaky. But I feel like he has the touch of pass, that gift. Some players see the game in that passing mindset. A Joe Ingles, to reference a former yeah. jazz yeah. player. He had a yeah. smooth stroke as well to combine with it. But Lefty. He, yeah. he gets that you play with flow. Yeah. And I think to D'Lo's tweet, where he said the NBA is full of athletes, not basketball players. And I think there's something to that in how athletic the game has gone, but not as skilled as the game has gone. Totally agree. And I, you're talking to a guy who was, you know, I played at Montana State of 6'5", and very coordinated, not the greatest athlete, bad lower back like Larry Legend. I used to joke that, it, you know, the defensive stance hurts my lower back. But offensively, I could see the floor. I could shoot. I could pass. And um, 
Yeah, Delo is is definitely a ball player. Um, I got to tell you something. So we had this really good year. We overachieved, stayed relatively healthy. Then we had the playing game against the Clippers, and the Clippers were playing well. And we didn't match up well with them, and I have a lot of respect for Tyron Lou, and he took Cat out of the game. Double-teamed him. Cat was, was abysmal, which can happen, especially on a, with a big man. So in that playing game, Cat fouled out. He didn't do anything. The guy who had the best game, Ant played well, but D'Lo had 29, and he hit a rainbow three late in the game he pulled up, and then he hit another 17-foot jumper. He was clutch. One of his best games. One of I and afterwards I said, I said, wow, that that game. I just wanted to win that game. I just wanted to win that game, and because um, we set the bar low here in Minnesota, you know. And I say that here in Minnesota, I'm down in Los Angeles, but uh, but I grew up there spiritually. And, uh, yes, but uh, after the game, after we beat the Clippers, I said that that that's one of the greatest games, maybe the greatest game in Wolves history. And then a columnist for the Minneapolis Star Tribune wrote, that's the best, that's the greatest game in Wolves history. Number two is game seven against the Sacramento Kings when KG had his birthday and they eliminated the, in the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, they're both right there. I mean, KG was, we were at home, we were supposed to win. This was kind of like, I, I, I don't know who was favored, if we were favored by one and a half or the Clippers, but that was a, that was a tough game, man. The guy that didn't play was Luke Kennard. That's the one. Yeah. My friend Noah Eagle, who's the radio voice, obviously Ian's son, calls him the Nard Dog. Oh. Oh. I I know Ian. I didn't know about his son. It's I hope his son story. likes pie. I had Ian Eagle on. One of my questions is favorite pie. And Ian Eagle, I don't. Craig, I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't like pie. I, I just... I said, oh, you don't have a sweet tooth? He goes, no, I have a sweet tooth. I said, I hope it's not candy. He goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. You must not know about uh, Ian's uh, affliction to condiments. Has never tried ketchup. Oh, this is. So he's Doesn't, one of those guys. Not allowed himself to have coffee. He's His son, I took him out to dinner when the Jazz and the Clippers were playing each other in the playoffs two years ago. He was the broadcaster then. And so I was trying to be magnanimous, order for the table, a Caesar salad for all. You know, they make it tableside at a wonderful Italian place. And I finish mine, and over on the other side of the table, Noah hasn't touched his salad because I forgot the Eagles never have ever had a salad in their entire life. Oh, not a Caesar salad, just a salad. A salad. Oh, my God. They don't eat them. And he just sat there politely, enjoyed the, the meal, but I forgot. Oh, I, Noah doesn't this eat salad. Is more, this is more bizarre than I realized. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to have Ian back on and just straighten his ass out. I mean, that's just... Al Michaels, they said, wouldn't eat vegetables. He would just eat meat and potatoes. That's not That's not particularly healthy. You need him to live. It's, it's yeah, yeah. About... Salmon and broccoli is one of my go-to healthy meals. Probably have it today. There you go. I love Caesar. I love anchovies. I'm not an anchovy person, but I do love a good Caesar. Not everybody is. Not everybody is. <laughs> now, let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah 
for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. I wanted to ask you, so what are your thoughts on D'Lo from afar? I like his passing. I, I remember him out of Ohio State. Right. Um, and he, he was electric there. He's definitely a no-no yes player in in that the shots are a little, little yeah. risque when he's feeling himself and starts getting into a mode where he thinks he can dominate the game Right. when you have better players around him. But, I mean, it happens. Those, those type of players are in the NBA. That's why they get there. It's confidence. Right. But he's, he's creative as a passer, and that's what I like about him. Yeah. Oh, I, here's a quote I use a lot. This is before your time. Uh, the late Larry Miller used to own the Utah Jazz, and he said, I don't want to win a championship with Dennis Rodman. I always liked that because Rodman was irritating. John Wooden said the same. I just read a book about it. What did he say? He said, I would not want to have a team that has Dennis Rodman on it. Because he plays too selfishly and for himself. I didn't know if he was selfish. I mean, he's selfish when he plays to the crowd, but he didn't shoot much. But anyways, but he's just too disruptive. I don't know. So I'm not a Patrick Beverly fan. He definitely played well for the Timberwolves. Really well. And helped the team. You know, that people are like, well, who do we have now that that is that guy? It might have to be Torian Prince or somebody off the bench. But I'm not a Pat Bev fan. He's just a little too out of con- control or as Doc Rivers, his old coach, says he's crazy. Beasley, Beasley is okay. You know, he can, he can definitely hit the threes. That's all he cares about is shooting threes. I was, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you draft players, you, you kind of, you're allowed to have a honeymoon beard and dream. So uh, the big man, uh, what's his name? Walker? Walker uh, Kessler. Yeah, I was excited. You know, he averaged so many blocks in college that I wanted the Wolves to keep him. So I'll be watching him from afar and and pulling for him to see how he adjusts to the NBA. I mean, do you have any thoughts on him? I I liked it because I watched him with Jabari Smith, who's the third overall pick in the NBA draft. And they had the best front court in all of college basketball. So he could develop down the road. But I don't have huge expectations on him right now. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt plays with a lot of heart. So he was a, he started for us. I don't know if he actually is a starter, but really they, they kind of compared him to Rodman as far as relentless on the boards, both offense and defensive boards. Ins- inspirational. Not skilled. Can't dribble, doesn't pass, can't shoot. So you know, one or two dimensional defense and rebounding, basically. Did you get anybody else of note? Is that it? I don't remember. Leandro Balmaro. Oh, he, he's a very good athlete and he moves well, passes well, handles the ball well, uh, has to work on his shooting, but he's intriguing. Uh, he's an intriguing player. 
maybe he can become a Bobby Hansen type for you guys. I just wanted for the old Utah fans, yeah. Bobby Hansen, but Hansen could shoot the threes. He learned how to shoot, but Bobby Hansen was a, uh, he was aggressive on defense. You have the names of early NBA players. Is that just from Minnesota not having a basketball team early on when you were growing up, right? I mean, the, the franchise could have been the Utah Jazz. They almost went to Minnesota unless Larry Miller steps right. in and buys right. a team. Were you a general basketball fan before the Wolves? Yeah, I was from second grade on. My dad wanted me to play baseball. I, I took the basketball. He put a he put a hoop up in our driveway, and I was good from the beginning. And his he, my dad was from the East Coast, so in Minnesota, I was a fan of the Knicks and Walt Frazier because my dad was a Knicks fan. And I just started reading every basketball book and magazine I could. You know, Houdini of the Hardwood, the Bob Cousy story, Zeke from Cabin Creek, the Jerry West story, Foul, the Connie Hawkins story. And then I discovered a guy in the seventies named Julius Irving. And I, I was obsessed with Dr. J. So I, and I just love the NBA. I thought it was so cool. And uh, you know, there were Converse, Clyde Frazier wore Pumas, they named Puma Clydes. There were Adidas sneakers. I mean, it was just, it was, it was so much fun. The sneakers, the game, uh, and the 70s were fun because the ABA was fun. The Utah Stars. Uh, trying Champions. to Champions. Zelma Beatty. Zelma Beatty, yeah. 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 Ron Boone. You're too young to know that stuff, man. So I'm doing a project for the team, History of the Utah Jazz. I'm working on it now. I'm starting to put in the legwork to talk to these people because I, 50 years ago, I don't know how long people are going to be around. I have to talk to the people who knew Pistol Pete. Right who knew about Butch Van Bredikoff, who was the first right. coach, right. you know, all these names. Bill Burka was the general manager. Um, Gail Goodrich was on a team with, oh, with yeah. Pistol Pete. And figuring out and looking up those videos has been fun. Do you know how that happened? I, I don't know the details, but the Lakers traded Gail Goodrich and some something to get the first pick in the draft to the, to the new Orleans jazz. And it became magic Johnson. I'd have to look up exactly who was involved in that trade. There was a point where they were supposed to get Dominique Wilkins on this team. Oh yes. But they traded it away for money because the team couldn't meet payroll. Wow. And so trading away Dominique Wilkins in result, they were able to make payroll continue the team and keep it going once they made the move from New Orleans to Utah. Yeah, the Jazz have always had good teams. I remember they used to play the Showtime Lakers well when they had Thurl, they had Thurl Bailey, Stockton Malone, Mark Eaton, and um, they, they were, they've always been good. And it, it, it appears watching on television that the crowd is really intense. They are. Yeah. It's, good crowd. So it's, it's angled. It, yeah, it looks like they're on top of you. I uh, love that. All the noise is going straight down, straight down at the court. Yeah. yeah, I get headaches during the playoffs because it's so loud. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It, it's smart to have the uh, the seating like that, and some arenas do, and obviously some don't. And I was fortunate. I I used to go to Madison Square Garden, and 
I had good seats and bad seats. I had court side and then I had some seats up, but even the seats up, the way it's angled, it's pretty good. It was much different than like Staples or the old forum. So, and I also got to play ball uh, at the Madison Square Garden on, on Sunday. I knew uh, this WNBA player named Rebecca Lobo and we'd play one-on-one. She couldn't guard me, but, um, but I would play on, on uh, the court at Madison Square Garden. So, I'll see what they do with the wolves uh, with target center. They want to, they think it's outdated, even though coach Finch did say what you just said, the angle is pretty good where it gets loud. The crowd is right there on the players. So we have a little, little bit of a home court advantage there. How often do you make it out there for a game? Well, I don't like flying, but I went out a couple times last year. I saw two playoff games against Memphis. And then I saw, I, I went back and saw, one game during the regular season, which was not a good game. Uh, it was home to Atlanta and they, they kicked our butts and D'Lo was out. And I think Cat played, but we just were not in the game. And uh, n- not a good trip for that. But I, I had great fun at the restaurants and had a lot of good Caesar salads. That's good. It's a nice segue. Very to, healthy. To your new podcast, The Life Gorgeous. Is it reminiscent of the Instagram? Yeah, that the Instagram is has been one of my favorite experiences. I joined in 2018 for uh, my nieces because I would show them pictures of me. I, I my wife is a wardrobe stylist, and I have a lot of nice custom made blazers. And I'd go out and have martinis, and I'd take pictures. And my nieces were like, "You got to put this on Instagram." And so I, and I have a peculiar sense of humor and I, and I talk about other things and it's all very positive. And then people wanted me to do a podcast and I didn't really want to, we had enough podcasts, but it's all part of giving back. And I also like that uh, I don't have to have people in my house to interview them or, you know, set up in the garage. I can just do a split screen like we're doing. So I just started one. It's on, it's on YouTube. I have my YouTube channel. The Craig Kilborn podcast. And then we, I do it on Apple and Spotify and iHeart and it's going well. And uh, I'm going to have Chris Finch on in a few weeks. I was, I was going to see if I could have him as the first guest, but his schedule is off. And now I can just talk about it forever that I'm going to have Chris Finch on. So if he keeps postponing, but he did schedule it um, for next week when I'm actually vacationing. So I, I couldn't change that. I'll be out of town, but he's going to do it probably in September. Describe the room that you're in for the podcast only audience. This is my mahogany panel den. There's a conquistador lamp behind behind me. And then there's a red velvet drape. You also see a, there's a burl wood inlay, which is uh, part of the mahogany panel den. I don't think you can see this. Let me see if I can. Um, that's where it's. That's oh, Winston, Winston Churchill. Winston yeah. Churchill up there. Mm-hmm. Come back to me now very delicately. And this is where I watch the Vikings and uh, the Timberwolves. That's enough sports for me. You guys don't have a football team. College football. Yeah. It's huge down here. BYU, Utah. Yep. Is Mitt Romney from there or no? He's not. Oh, he's not from there. So he's Mormon and he was in Massachusetts. I think he's from for... Michigan. Okay. Okay. Were you, how, how old were you for the uh, finals against Michael Jordan? Six years old. 
So not much of a memory, right? Not a memory. Not a memory yeah. of, of Stockton Malone. My teams were Memento Kerr, my favorite jazz man of all time, the former Detroit Piston as well, NBA champion. Trying to think. Uh, now the jazz seem, they've always been pretty good, right? My lifetime, they really have. Do you think it's, do you think, do the people there think it's odd that they're still called the jazz when they move from New Orleans or they just accept it? I, I like the name. I like jazz music, so it's fine. But it flows. It sounds right. Utah right. jazz. And right. the response always is how many lakes are in Los Angeles? Exactly. They, that was the, uh, the Minneapolis Lakers. I remember when the Timberwolves came into existence in 89 and they they got a they they got their team name, and I was working in the CBA in Savannah, Georgia. I was uh, the play-by-play man, the Savannah Spirits, and I would drive up to Atlanta and go to Hawks games, and they were playing the Bulls. And Johnny Red Kerr was the color analyst, and I said hi to him before the game. I just was a kid, you know, 23, 24, and I said, "Hey, I do play-by-play," and I just said. I don't like the name Timberwolves because they had just named the team Timberwolves. And he said, you know, I didn't like the trailblazers when I first heard it, but now I like the trailblazers. So I've accepted the Timberwolves name. I'm used to it now. I'm, I'm used to the jazz now. So it's all good. I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I just love hoops. You grow up here, big show in town and you love basketball. You watch it all the time. You like Mike Connolly? Love him. Yeah. I, I hope he still has something left in the tank because he could still be pretty serviceable for someone. Yeah, I tell people that I want a young Mike Connolly type uh, if, if D'Lo doesn't, uh, isn't on the team next year. I don't know who that player is. I just love – we have a very heady point guard backup named Jordan McLaughlin. He's diminutive, but he's a lot of steals. USC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very heady player, drives a lot, kicks – and uh finchy loves him and uh we got another guy named jalen noel who can score off the bench not a point guard six four sometimes has to play point you know those guys that you pressure them they have trouble running the offense and they should just drive and shoot he's one of those guys if you pressure him uh, he has trouble making the entry pass. Just drive on him. But we have some talent, and I, I'm a, I, I find it really startling that the national media is so down on Carl Towns. I see him day in and day out. He's just, as a shooter, it is ridiculous. And as an offensive player, he puts so much pressure on on the defense. He could shoot every time he touches the ball. He has a feathery quick release. And he can drive. He drives a lot. So I don't know. What do you What do you think of Towns? Well, I'm trying to think if Rudy has ever played with a stretch player like that. Well, yeah, stretch he, because obviously he played with Derek Favors, who's not a stretch at all. No, um, I mean this is the best best shooting big. Uh, some yeah. would say of all time. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> it's he's amazing. It is. I don't. I'm not worried at all about the offense. That that's you know because Cat plays outside, they can put Rudy at the free throw line or or lower or whatever. I just you know Cat's gonna have to move his feet on the perimeter a little bit. He will. I hope they play zone. 
I hope they play zone. As a Syracuse person, I would love that. Did they play zone with Rudy at Utah? As a junk defense. It wasn't a main thing. Okay. Because some of these guys, like Nick Nurse, will play zone for a while. Oh, Spolstra with the heat? Yeah. They play zone a bunch. Yeah. With Bam out of bio. Yeah. So they didn't do it much with Rudy, huh? No, because they just didn't have the length up top. Right? Okay. It's, it's Donovan and, and Mike Conley. Now, let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. With A-Rod and Mark Laurie, it gives the team some significance, and I think the players know that. Uh, Glenn Taylor's a nice guy, wasn't really a basketball guy, but there's some energy that's been injected into the team with A-Rod and Mark Laurie. I don't know Sanjin. I know who he is. I've never met him. The Tim Connolly hire, uh, I thought, was really positive because I just think he knows he knows what he's doing. And for so long, there have been mistakes. I mean, every team makes mistakes in the draft. We seem to make a lot of mistakes in the draft. And um, so I'm very pleased with uh, head coach, uh, president of operations, Tim Connolly, ownership group, and Carl Anthony Towns. And the guy that you, you know, we've been talking for a while and you're, you, you haven't brought him up yet. You haven't talked about Anthony Edwards. Are you afraid to talk about him? I watched he- Hustle. I am afraid. <laughs> I don't know how much he takes to people with uh, different backgrounds. <laughs> it's a character. It's a character. I get it. But right. And I'm trying to defend Wancho, who was on the Jazz right before. You know. But Ant, he's he's good. But what do you mean? I don't know. He's you don't know how good. He's an up you... and down. He's an up down guy. I'd, it's I've interesting. I've caught games where he's been invisible. Okay. You're like one of the first people to say that. You're absolutely right. He's inconsistent. The national media, they just love him. And this is before Hustle. This is before Hustle. Because now I will say in the play-in game and then the first game against Memphis, I had to tell people, I go, oh, he might be better than we realized because he played at such a high level. And when he plays at that high level, he's a bigger version of Donovan Mitchell. They're comparing him to Dwayne Wade. But you're 100% right. He's he's a little too streaky. A little too streaky. And he needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. He's a lot of dribbling. Those aren't my favorite players. It's You know, it's funny you say that. He has a really good handle, which is kind of underrated. He can really, you know, get his shot off. Coach always wants him to go downhill, which I think is hard on his body. He he needs to improve his shooting. He said that, but his percentage is not too bad. And he, he gets going on the threes. It's I'm sure it's like Mitchell Donovan Mitchell is not a pure shooter and he launches those threes field goal percentage is like my favorite stat. And you know, Carl Towns shot 54% his first three years from overall, not from, from three, he shoots 40%, which is pretty, 
pretty special. And is a big. It's yeah, humongous. That that's why I think it's gonna work because Rudy can be down low. He can do dirty work. He can get offensive rebounds. Just throw him a lob every once in a while. He'll hey, did you did you hear this crazy stat that uh, Finch talked about? Um, the Wolves had five lob passes the whole year, five lob, and three of them were on the fast break. And they said Rudy had eighty over eighty. <laughs> yeah, in the regular season because <laughs> Cat doesn't do that. He routinely leads the league in dunks. Yeah. As a statistic, it's him and Giannis. But right. Rudy's just catching and going. So right. if you add that to the game, that's where I think D'Lo could be very That's what they say. influential. Yeah. yeah. In that he can find that pass and get that lob to him. Are you going to miss Rudy? Absolutely. I think they should build him a statue. Oh. I remember his first year and he looked like a beanpole. He was getting outmuscled by Jeremy Grant. I think he was a 4-5 for the Sixers when they were really bad, when they right. were just looking for bodies. And Rudy was getting pushed around. Uh -huh. And then to see what he transformed into, to see how much he loves the community. Yeah. He has a Rudy's Kids Foundation that right. engages with Salt Lake. He loves it here. He should get a statue. He should get a standing ovation when they come back in December. Mm -hmm. And on I'm glad that this is the first game of, of the season for these two teams. It's going to be opening week. Yeah, I just saw that yesterday. Is um, Will you be rooting for the Timberwolves? Yeah. for here, Here's a little uh, dirty secret about me. I rooted for the Timberwolves when KG and, and Sam oh. Cassell and Latrell Sprewell went on that run. Because I think KG is he yeah. was my favorite player growing up. He was special. League MVP. I interviewed him a few times on the CBS show. Did you um, really? Oh, yeah. I had him on there. Um, what would you say, what criticisms do you have of Rudy's game? What will I find irritating? Anything? If he's has to take one dribble, it's a failure. Oh. He can't dribble. It can't, it can't happen. He can't do – he doesn't have a Kevin McHale skill set. Okay. It's not going to happen, and it's never going to happen. But if he, he if he catches lobs and he grabs and goes in his right, hands because right. his hands have gotten much better over the last couple of years, his hands have gotten much better. If he's just going straight up, that's beautiful. And then defensively, really nothing to complain about. Okay, so he uh, he's not going to dribble drive on anybody. Not a chance. Leave that to Cat. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Leave uh, that to Ant. Do you have a good I, KG story? Uh, let's see, KG. The big ticket. Well, let's see. I played, I, I was in the, um, I knew the late great Flip Saunders and he invited me to training camp uh, the year that they won the, uh, won the West as far as the, the best record, the KG or 2004 when he was MVP. So I went to camp. I was 40 years old. Maybe I was older. Maybe I was 42. But um I said, Flip, man, why don't you invite me to camp when I was 28? He goes, no one knew who you were when you were 28. You know, so, but I made a nice pass to, um, it was a three on two drill and I filled the left lane and Sam Cassell had it in the middle and they threw it over to me. I did a whole thing on it. I called it the pass and I, I threw it and I caught it with one hand and I looked away and went like, and passed it from the left side. I threw it past Sam Cassell in the middle to a trailing KG who dunked. And everyone went crazy. 
And I walked in the training room the next day. I said, Sam, what'd you think of my pass? He goes, I thought you were coming back to me, man. I was ready. I was ready. But uh, I'm sure I have some KG stories. I played KG in horse and I think I could have won. I could put that up on my Instagram. I have the highlights of that. Some of them, but he doesn't have a left hand. And uh, so I just did a little left-handed hook from about five feet off the glass on the left side and he did it and hit the backboard and didn't even touch the rim. It's funny how some guys, like you say, Rudy can't dribble. KG didn't have a left hand. And still an amazing offensive force. Yeah, yeah. And how how do people buy that left shimmy that he would do? Oh. Do you remember? You remember oh, yeah. that mid-range left shimmy? Yeah. Around? That was like a dream shake. Yeah, that was good. Akeem Olajuwon, that KG was special. He was so good on defense, uh, on the perimeter, on the pick and roll trapping. He was, he was great. We were the wolves, you know, it's, it's fortunate that he wanted to stay there. It's fortunate that cat wanted to stay there because, you know, Kevin love wanted out and he, and he went out, you know, he, he won a championship. I was happy for him, but it's hard to keep people up there in Minnesota. We, let's hope Ant wants to stay there. And on the football side, let's hope Justin Jefferson wants to stay there. Do you want Kirk to stay there? Uh, I would. Um, he's accurate, but I, I we need a quarterback. So I want I, I want a better quarterback than Kirk. That's that's how I'll answer it. And I don't know who that's going to be. So, um, you know, look, these guys. Do you remember when the uh, the Bears were in our division and they're tough? I mean, they're, they're supposed to have a bad year this year. They got rid of a lot of guys, but um, they they drafted Mitchell Trubisky and they traded a lot to move up. And you know, they could have taken Mahomes. They really screwed up, but they gave up a lot to get Trubisky. And then they went right back at it with Justin Fields. You got to keep trying. And there was uh, reports that in that draft, the, the the Vikings tried to move up to get Justin Fields, and the they lowballed him and the bears outbid him and they got justin fields so we drafted a guy named kellen mon who is uh you know who we don't know yet he's he's showing some flashes but it's probably probably a long shot that he'll be a qb1 at some point who knows you call him qb1 i just did right now because he's 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 kellen mon is our backup along with this guy sean mannion kellen mon is qb2 uh but I don't know if he'll be a starter. I mean, will he be a starter in the NFL? No, I, I just did that throw you off QB one. Why did that throw you off? Well, cause it sounds like you're a, a Gruden grinder. You're, oh, okay. you're munching film, you know, along with the Caesar salads, you're eating. I got a tape. lot of free time, man. Yeah. You're eating a lot of tape. All 22. Yeah. yeah. It's just something that a football guy would say. And I, right. I think of you as a basketball person. Uh, tell your listeners and viewers to follow my Instagram and to follow my podcast. I want to, I want to help them. I want to help gorgeous. them lead a better life. The life gorgeous on YouTube. Yes. Just search that right in the YouTube bar. You'll be able to see the beautiful mahogany paneled room that he is in. And you check out Ian Eagle been on the show. Yep. Delightful person doesn't eat salads as we've gone over before. Doesn't like pie. That and also follow him on Instagram. Mr. Craig Kilborn, what is it? 
Instagram is Mr. Craig Kilborn, and then it's the Craig Kilborn podcast on YouTube and on Apple and on all that other stuff. Yeah. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, I'm sure. Yep. Craig Kilborn joining us on Round Ball Roundup. Craig, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, man.